On today's brand new podcast, I'm excited to welcome to the show Sarah Michelle Tierney as we talk about building your belief system and what it's like to finally get fed up and then go do something about it. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, competitor. Jake Thompson here, your chief encouragement officer. Excited for this brand new episode with my friend, Sarah Michelle Tierney. You've probably seen Sarah all over social media. I know we've reposted a ton of her content in the past. Her old username we're going to get into and why she made the shift eventually. But more than anything, what her story was like, why she just eventually got fed up with the situation and why she was determined to not be another statistic. I love Sarah's energy. I love her authenticity. You're going to hear me talk about it here on the show, but one of the reasons we got connected online through Competitor Nation is just her willingness to be honest and raw and real and talk about what she struggles with and where she's putting in the work to get better and the fact at the end of the day, she owns it. She owns her life, her actions, her choices, She's got full focus on personal responsibility, and I know it's why she's been successful, building in the direction she wants, creating Hard House Nutrition and the things she's doing now to further empower and help people. And I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. We've linked to her Instagram on the show notes. We've linked to her website. I really want to encourage you to go follow her, get connected, and I think if you're not already, you will want to after listening to today's show. Before Sarah rocks the mic and joins the show, hey, I want to give podcast listeners a special offer we're running to kick off the month of August. That's right. If you grab any two items, so two shirts, two tanks, a hoodie and a tank, a hat and a shirt, a flag and a shirt, a copy of my book and a shirt, all you've got to do to get a free gym garage office flag is use the code free. Flag, all one word, F R E E F L A G. That code is active today, August 3rd. It will expire Friday night, August 5th. And all that's required to get your free flag is put your flag in your cart, add two more items. You can get a fl- another flag, you can get a shirt, get a hat, get a copy of my book, grab two other things, make that third item a flag, use the code free flag at checkout and you will get that flag for free. Hang it up in your garage for your morning workouts. Hang it up in your office while you're making those sales calls. Put it up where you're gonna see it every single day. So code free flag for podcast listeners will get you a free flag. Add it into your cart. All you gotta do is buy two other items and that flag is free with that code. So get it, get there before the deal expires Friday night. Thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast, to support the show, to shop at CompeteEveryday.com so we can keep doing this work to encourage, empower, and most of all, equip you to be a better competitor. Now, 
Let's welcome to the show my friend who also loves to compete everyday flags as they are hanging all over her garage. And let's talk about how we rebuild our belief system and what it looks like to get fed up and then go change it. Welcome to the show, Sarah Tierney. Sarah, what's happening? Welcome to the Compete Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel like this was such a natural progression of our our social media friendship. So I'm so excited to chat with you. Yeah, you know, I man, we've been connected for a while through Compete through my account. And, and as I was telling you offline, like I'm super excited to just have you on here uh, because of what you're about. And you're one of those people that I feel like when we live in this world of fakeness on social media and people doing, you know, everything they can to be someone they're not to win the attention of strangers. Um, you're one of the people that I just see as, as inspiration for being you and being authentic. And, you know, this is me and, and I'm continually striving to be a better version of me, but I'm not going to lie to you about who I am today and, and what I'm going through the good and the bad. And so, I'm super excited to, to introduce you to the audience. Um, they may be wondering about your name, but if you've been following Compete for a while, your old Instagram handle, uh, which changed, was the Chubby Crossfitter, which totally changed. And now, obviously, it is your name because you're rocking and doing some different stuff with Hard House Nutrition. But let's go back. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us who you are, where you're at, what do you do for a living? Uh, and then I want to dive into some of your story. Yeah, absolutely. So there's some things I have to absolutely mention because they absolutely play a role in who I am today, which is I am 31 years old, but I also have a 12 year old and a 14 year old, which means by the time I turned 20, I had two kids. Um, you know, I was going through a divorce, which is not something you really talk about when you're 20 years old, but, but it really is, it almost gives me a chip on my shoulder in a sense, but having to raise two children on my own for the last decade has created who I am to like my work ethic, what, you know, what I strive to be. And I remember distinctly having this thought in my head when I was going to have my first child at 17, I remember thinking to myself, I refuse to be another statistic because it's the world is not kind to teen mothers. And especially if you're a single mother and if you don't have a college degree, it's real rough out there. So when you can, but like when I, you have like one of the worst starts to adulthood and you have to really build from the ground up. I think it's so important for me to talk about it. Anytime someone comes across who I am, because it plays just majorly in what I do, why I do it. And also I think it even goes into your message as well, which is like, take responsibility for yourself, work hard, um, do the thing, even if it's hard. Um, if you fall down and skin your knees, you get back up. Like that's, that circumstance is what cultivated me to who I am today. So can I, can I ask you a, something before you tell us even more, like, where did that come from? Where did that commitment to yourself that I'm not going to be another statistic come from versus like, I just feel like so many people like don't even have that thought process in their head. Actually, I do have an answer to that. Cause I, it's so funny enough when I, when I got pregnant, when I was 16, that is when the um, pregnant at 16 on MTV was airing. Like, and then you had Jamie Lynn Spears, Britney Spears, mm -hmm. sister get yep. pregnant. And, you know, um, so you had these teen pregnancies in MTV talking about it. And if, uh, honestly, if you watch those, there's truth to it. Like I know it's MTV and it's all like, you know, they make it entertaining, but there is truth to how those 
teenagers interact in their lifestyles and stuff. And I just remember having that thought, I didn't want to be that way. No, like no way. I love it. I, I, I just, I can appreciate that, which is, I just, yeah, I just think a lot of times we, we get stuck in life that this is our lot and we're just going to be like everybody else that's in the position versus like, I'm not going to be like that. So uh, I love that. So I had to ask, okay, so that, that was then. So flash forward a little mm -hmm. bit before I cut you off. Oh yeah. So um, to kind of the story that goes into my old handle of the Trubby CrossFitter is in my early twenties, when I did have, you know, my kids were little, I was actually very active. Like I was using the fit mom hashtag before hashtags were even a thing. Um, I was um, running and lifting and I was very active. I ate well. I didn't have any like, you know, drama with food and it was fine. Um, but something interesting happened when I got into my mid twenties, that started to go off a little bit. And I really started to struggle in my personal life, which kind of flowed into not training anymore. I'm starting to overeat. And then all of a sudden I went from this, like, you know, fit half marathoner fit mom, all of a sudden, like gaining 60 pounds in less than two years. And then I struggled with being overweight. And in this like cycle of I'm not doing the thing I know what to do. Why am I not doing it? And by 2018, I got fed up enough where I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to put this on Instagram and document it. And if you remember back in 2018, social media was different. Like there wasn't a, like a body positivity, you know, thing. Um, there weren't people who looked like me doing CrossFit. So that's where the handle came from. And um, I got involved with street parking, which I know you're familiar yep. with. So between like compete every day and street parking, I was just posting every single day. Like if you scroll back, my videos are super crappy. Like <laughs> um, I probably said some embarrassing things, but that's where it started was just one day I was like, you know, screw it. I got to change. I cannot stay like this anymore. Uh, well, and so it's funny because going back on your social, your very first post is this is what fed up looks like. And at first it was some quotes and it was, I'm reading Jocko and it's this, but then it was the first video you posted was you doing burpees. And it literally says burpees are no fun when you're carrying an extra 65 pounds. The street parking workout mm -hmm. left me on the ground. I didn't even do the pull-ups. Yes, I'm one of those who delays taking down their Christmas tree, which I laugh because my wife keeps it up till Easter. I laugh. It becomes a February tree and then it's an Easter Jesus tree and, and on. But, but that was 2000, January 15th, 2018. And then you start posting more. And it's literally your journey. And what I told you offline and what struck me in this is, yes, this is what fed up looks like, but then you started sharing it and not just posting it, but like, like you said, social media is very different then. And you're just posting, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm thinking about. And so I'm, I'm curious from your standpoint, your thought process on sharing your journey was, were you even worried or thinking about other people at this point? Like, what's am I going to say or look, or were you really just like, I need to hold myself accountable. And the only way to do that is to post it in front of other people. So it was both. Um, the funny thing is, is when I created that account, I went and searched every person I knew that followed my personal account, like my friends and family, yep. and I blocked them all. Like, if I could find you and I knew you in real life, you were blocked. And so there was that I didn't want anyone to see me the way, cause like I said, like you go from gaining 
from being fit to not yep. to gaining weight. There's a lot of people that hadn't seen me do that. And I was very embarrassed and ashamed. So I didn't want people in real life to find this account because it was going to be a vulnerable thing. And I needed that kind of safe space for it. But at the same time, I did need to post and be accountable. And right when street parking was getting started, it was such a smaller community. And that's just what you did if you were a street parking member. You posted your yeah. workout online. And and it, it did work. It held me accountable. And I did, I'm pretty sure I posted like twice a day for a year. I mean, I laugh, people ask me about some of our stuff too. And they laugh about like, where do you think of it? I was like, honestly, a lot of this stuff is me needing to talk to myself. And I just happened to do it where I'm talking to you and hoping maybe you're thinking the same thing, but it's not like, Hey, I'm need to post this crazy idea. It's like, I just got to remind myself why I'm doing this or remember the day. And so, you know, I always think about that. One of the things you said, I, I would love to dial in a little bit before we kind of get to some of what you're doing now is what you talked about of the, the during the struggle phase of you'd want to do it. You wouldn't do it. You'd beat yourself up for it. You know, you should be doing something different. It was that constant internal struggle. And I think it doesn't matter how good we are, how and I say good loosely. I mean, from how disciplined we are, motivated we are, we still have those dates. Full transparency this morning, I was dragging. And I was like, why is it such a struggle for me today traveling to just go downstairs or to think, hey, I'll do it later. And like, and then you start to think to yourself, like, why am I having these thoughts? And we just stay in this internal negative loop of like, I should outgrow this. And so one thing I'm curious is how you started to deal with that internal dialogue, because I've heard, I've heard even David Goggins say, like, I tell my inner bitch to still just shut up, like, I'm going to do it, but I still hear the voice. And hearing that is comforting, but at the same time, it's like, well, David Goggins is the most mentally tough dude in the world and he still hears it. Like, what chance do I have? So for you, when you would get in that negative loop, because I imagine it wasn't just, hey, snap your fingers, 2018, it stopped. It's something that obviously continued in different variations. How have you dealt with that to get out of your own head or to stop that negative loop? Well, that's a great question. I. I thought there was something wrong with having the negative thoughts. Like that was, that's what I thought the problem was, but you actually just kind of gave the cheat code. David Goggins still has those thoughts. Actually, maybe those are super normal and part of the human experience. And so those years where I did struggle, I thought there was something wrong with me for having them. Now I can manage it. Like it's gonna, like we wake up in a bad mood sometimes. It's just normal like that, but we know the bad mood's gonna go away eventually, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's just more normalizing that those thoughts are fine. Like they're normal to have. How how do we respond to them? Respond to them? Can we reframe them? Can we endure them? Because maybe that's, maybe we don't change the negative and we kind of just persevere throughout the day. And I think those are very important adult skills to have. Um, did I answer your question? I think. Well, I, I think yeah, I mean, part of it. Yeah. And, and I would be curious kind of from your perspective, how you learned to deal with some of them yourself, because you talked about like you used to think something was wrong with you, but mm -hmm. you still did the work. And I think that's a big difference between a lot of people. A lot of people have the same thoughts. They beat themselves up, but they then don't make the, do the work because they assume, well, there's something wrong with me and maybe I just can't do it, but you still did it. So I'm curious kind of what propelled you to keep doing it, even though you were beating yourself up? Yes. Okay. So that's a two-parter. Yep. Once you, once you like, once you, it, it, like I was, I was fed up that it, it, you know, once you're 
in that like negative space for so long. It's like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So that's part one. But part two is realizing I was going, I was going about it wrong. Um, I was really in this, like things need to be perfect. I need to have the right program. I need to do it five days a week. I need to, my nutrition needs to be a hundred percent on point. And when you try to go from zero to 100, like it's a not new year's resolutions every year, everybody's done yeah. three weeks. Exactly. So when I, you know, I had to get into bed with the fact that maybe it's not supposed to be perfect. And maybe we do do that one Metcon in our garage, even though it's not an hour long. Um, and, and I, once I kind of stepped into that and I started doing that consistently and I did start seeing my life improve. And I was like, oh, I don't have to do this at a hundred percent. I can just the effort in, in starting something is better than trying to do it all or nothing. And that's, once I realized that and had that epiphany, that's what I was able, that's what helped. Okay. So let's, let's continue pulling on that thread a little bit because, and I'm sure you see this as a coach now, once we get momentum, once we start going well, what's our natural inclination? I'm going to ease up a little bit. I'm going to relax, take my foot off the gas. And then we slip back down and it starts that negative inner loop of beating ourselves up and then trying to do it again. We start the cycle for you. How did you keep your consistency? and not allow complacency to take over, especially when you have your hands full, you've got a couple kids, get a job. Mm -hmm. It's not like life is slow and easy and there's a quote, perfect time. So how did you keep your foot on the gas? Uh, so at, at that time or, or now, cause they're there, it's, it's two different. different. I would yeah. say at that time when you, because when you got fed up, we all get to that breaking point where we have motivation and we come out of the gate and we start working at it. But eventually we experience success and it's very easy to start being complacent because we're not at that fed up point yet. We're above it, but we're not quite where we want. So for you, how did you keep working toward where you want to grow and continue to become versus allowing getting out of the bottom to cause you to stop? Absolutely. So, um, so with that I did, but I also didn't. So when I did it, part of it was sharing on social media, doing that. I mean, the, my account was really increasing daily and I felt kind of a, a responsibility to be authentic and honest. And on the days where I was kind of like letting my foot off the gas, I talked about it and it got so much positive feedback from other people that it really strengthened my why it's like oh so I'm not the only one struggling with this and I am and that was able that accountability was able to push me to to keep going but there were times where I did let the foot off the gas and I did kind of like you know go back a little bit especially because in 2018 I started at the beginning of the year like my first post was in January I didn't really start doing the thing until March but then like once the holidays came around that was the first time I was navigating the holidays with this new lifestyle mm -hmm. you know air quote um so I actually had to learn all over again how to be consistent during the holidays and and I definitely skinned my knees you know a few times but I always got back to it and having the accountability of my friends um you know knowing you know street parking like Julian and Miranda and um being this person that people enjoyed following on social media helped now granted not everyone has a social media following so how do those people you know continue to persevere and of course everyone is different but um, being able to be willing to lean in to the fact that this is a skill and that all skills can be developed and lean into the fact that failure is part of it and you may regress, but as long as we don't stop, 
than your than your golden, there's always room for improvement. And so I think that just continues to carry with me, you know, throughout today. Love it. I love it. So obviously life changed not too long ago when you launched Hard House Nutrition. So I've got to know, like, at what point did you go from focusing on continuing to grow and develop you to I really want to help others? And then not only do I want to help others, but like, I want to build a business around helping others. Yeah. So it started with, you know, throughout this process, I had worked with several nutrition coaches actually throughout the years. Like even before I started on Instagram, I worked with several nutrition coaches and I always thought nutrition coaching itself was a scam. Like I genuinely, I genuinely thought it was a scam because I'm paying someone to, you know, essentially give me a plan or whatever. And I, I'm having trouble doing it, but I don't know why. And they're just telling me, just try harder. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that information. So I really, for a long time, thought it was a scam, but I, um, but then the pandemic hit in 2020 and I was able to work from home, but my job was more like I needed to be active in the office. So I worked from home, but there was nothing for me to do, but I was salaried. So I still got paid. And so I used my free time to get my nutrition certification, uh, just to get another notch in my belt. When I went through it, I realized what nutrition coaching could actually be. And it was a lot better than what I've ever received. And so I've just, I discovered, I'm like, I can do something with this. I can help people. Cause I literally lived it myself. I can anticipate the obstacles they're going through. I can, you know, you don't know how many times I get DMS where it's like, you are in my head because I've been through it. Like I know, and people also appreciate about me is I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a bullshitter. Like I'll, I can be graceful and self-compassionate, but I'm also like, you know, we, we have standards too. So kind of a mix of both. And then having gone through it, cause there's a lot of nutrition coaches out there who don't, who don't know what it's like to struggle with your weight or struggle with overeating or a lack of exercise or being a single parent. And I know, I know all of that firsthand. So once I completed that certification, um, I didn't return back to my job. I, I gave my notice and I worked at a school. So once that summer hit and I got that last paycheck, I went into coaching um, just solopreneur style, but I knew I always, I knew I always wanted to coach other coaches to be better because I received not great coaching. So yes, coaching clients is really important and I, I love it and I love working with my people, but the end goal really is to help other coaches be better because clients deserve better coaches in this industry. Yeah, no, and, and what I can really appreciate and, and relate to what you said there is a lot of coaches have never had the same struggles you've had. You know, some of the, a lot of nutrition coaches, you know, there's some that, that have, but there's a lot who you've always been like a really good athlete and like 4% body fat and like that's your life and you're single and now maybe you're married, and you don't have kids, so you're used to it. Whereas you talked about, like, I've been a single parent. I've, I've weighed more than I've wanted to. I've, I've dealt with, and I think you talked on Instagram, like pictures with my cellulite and all of this other stuff. And I appreciate that because when I struggled, when I started speaking, I had a major imposter syndrome with it because I looked at other motivational leadership speakers. I'm like, I've never been homeless. I didn't drug OD. Like, I haven't lost a limb. And my speaker coach laughed one day and he's like, and how many people in that audience do you think have too? He said it's a really inspiring story, but people need to relate to other people who have messed with the same mess they have. And mm -hmm. I think about that with you. And that's one of the reasons I wanted you on the show to, is because I appreciate it. I appreciate 
you're like, I've been through this. And some people maybe you can relate to that, but a lot more of you can relate to me. And if you're a single mom, then you're, let me help you because I've, I know what that schedule is like. So who, let me ask, because I just made an assumption there myself. What is, who is the ideal person that you work with? So that's kind of changed as hard house has, you know, we, we have co- more coaches on our team. It's not just me and my, mm-hmm. you know, one coach. We now have like five total. So my personal preference when I'm working with clients is working with those people who struggle with overeating. Um, they feel like because they're coaches out there who are like have great physiques and who are athletic, you know, they, some of them will say, well, it's because like you're lazy and you know, I'm a single parent. I'm not like, I'm not lazy. I work so hard. Uh, so please don't tell me I'm lazy. I really need like help to get from E to B because I don't understand myself. So I, I really like, um, people who are similar to me. They're, they're either overweight or obese. I have a real soft spot for the obesity epidemic that we have and the struggles that those, um, that population has. So that's my, ideal person. Um, but our other coaches are, are actually on the other side of the spectrum where they're from, they have experienced overtraining. Like they would train and burn themselves into the ground. Um, you know, they're CrossFitters, ultra marathoners. I have one who's done, um, many of the races like David Goggins has done. And so they're exceptional athletes. And so we have broadened the type type of clients we work with just as hard house in general to work with people who are CrossFitters, marathoners, ultra marathoners, uh, power lifters, just like general, general population athletes, maybe not so like crazy, like David Goggins, but who, who like that message maybe, but also want like tangible help with nutrition and, you know, following through on what they say they're going to do. So it's the overeaters, but also like the general population style athletes are kind of where we're at right now. Okay. So one of the things I want to ask before we kind of wrap up today that I think is incredibly important is something that you did. And I'm, and I'm imagining that you've done it a lot with your clients, but it's shifting the belief system in yourself about what is possible. And for you, you got to a point where you were fed up, you knew you wanted to change things, but part of that action process, you had to believe as we've left, you had to believe you could do the hard work and get through the hard work. And a lot of times we don't believe we can be happy until we get to a certain point in our career where we get to a certain number on the scale. We believe these certain things that aren't for us until, and we have to shift that belief now in order to start making progress. So for you, or maybe how you you train your clients now, what is something somebody listening that keeps making that excuse to themselves or has a poor negative belief? What is something maybe they could do to start shifting that belief system internally? Well, it, it really starts with a phrase, which is if thinking I'd be happier when I lost the weight, if that worked, it would have worked by now. I spent years thinking that. And I was like, okay, there's gotta be something broken. So starting off with that phrase and you have to be willing to believe it. Like I could tell you, you can, you can be happy as you are today and happy when you get there at the same time. But if you're not even open to that, that anything I say after this is not going to matter. So it has to be like this willingness to accept that it could be true. And then if it is true, what are you going to have to change in your belief system to help that be true? So for instance, um, as a single parent, um, 
and, and struggling with weight several years ago, I had this thought where I'm like, I cannot date, like dating's off the table. And I almost would even make that into, um, like I, I would make that into reality because I obviously, if I think I'm not dateable, I would turn people down. And then I found out that actually that I'm perfectly dateable now as, as I will be in five years, if I, you know, have a, the physique of my dreams and I had to like prove it and lean into that. So I know that's just like one maybe weird example, but kind of willingness to believe that it's true and knowing that it's, it's all a story in your head. Like it's all thoughts and you are able and willing to change those thoughts and change those stories. And you'll know it's working if you're, you're actually making the movement that you want to, and you're getting to where you want to, if you're just still stuck in a circle, or if you're feeling bad about yourself all the time, it's probably that thought or that story in your head's probably not working. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really easy to live with the destination disease of I'll be happy, content, satisfied when I'm there. And you find out you're obviously not because there's always another there. How do you, is it just asking yourself questions? How do you start challenging some of those internally? That's, that's a tough, it's, that's tough. It's, it's, it's kind of like calling yourself out and saying, how useful, how useful is this for me? And definitely that, but how that's kind of crappy. Like you're telling me I can't be happy until I get there. Like, what's the whole what's the point of living? Like if, if I can only do it, if I'm successful or have the body, like, I feel like because we only live once and, and, you know, we're going to get to a certain age one day where it's like, I don't want to have wasted my youth on waiting for happiness until I reached a certain point. And actually, this is funny. I've heard you say this on a different podcast that you did as well. Um, like you don't, you don't want let time go by, right. And get to old age and think, what could I have done better? There was a point in my life where I thought that was going to happen. I literally said to myself, I think I will be one of those that gets old and has regrets because I didn't do it. And that was super scary to me. And that almost kind of is what brought up the whole, like, I'm fed up with this because no one wants to get to retirement age or what have you. And think I should have done more when I was more energetic and younger and, you know, had the resources available to me, but long story short, it really comes down to being able, well, one, it comes down to the awareness that you're even having the thoughts in the first place and then being willing and open to changing them. It is really asking the questions. Um, that's really where it starts in my opinion. Yeah. It's, what, it's, what would you say? Like, I'm curious, what would you say to that? I would agree. I mean, it, it all for me, it all starts with questions. It all starts with the ability to interview yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, change is scary. It's funny because our human dynamic is we want change. We want the scale to change, our strength to change, our life to change, our income to change, but nobody wants to actually make the change because change is scary and uncomfortable. And so asking ourselves, like, what am I afraid of? What would life look like if actually my best was not behind me, but ahead of me? What would my day start to look like? What actions would I take? And I think a lot of times we distract ourselves with these little devices and a million other things, alcohol, weights, working out. We distract ourselves from having to ask ourselves the questions because maybe we're scared of the answer or scared of having to do the work. And so I, I kind of think that's the difference. Like it's scary to take a sh shot and start posting about your life on social media. But it's even scarier to think that you get to the end of it and you've got a bag full of regrets instead of experiences. And so it's no different than the choose your hard. You know, it's hard to work out. It's also hard to be overweight. Choose the hard you want. And so 
in life, I think that's what distinguishes the people that follow and engage with you. The people that listen to the podcast here is, is they know, and, and most of them are willing to be that uncomfortable or to try to pursue that change. A lot of times we just don't know where to start. And we don't even realize that by asking ourselves the question, that actually kind of starts the journey. Because when you ask the question, you build your self-awareness and you start to look for things to try to reinforce it or challenge it. And you grow. And you know, this is better than anybody. It's, it's a day-by-day process. We don't get to where we want to go overnight, but unless we learn to enjoy today and the work we do today, we're not going to enjoy it when we get there. Absolutely. Yep. So, all right, Sarah, this has been a blast. I just love jamming with you. I love your content online. I love talking to you. I could do this all day, uh, but our listeners don't have all day. So do me a quick favor. Where is the best place for us to connect with you on Instagram now? What's your new handle? And then where, if we want to learn more about your nutrition coaching and programs, What's your website and how can we get connected? Absolutely. So I own and operate uh, Hard House Nutrition and that is the website, hardhousenutrition.com. Same thing with the handle. My personal handle is my first, middle and last name, Sarah Michelle Tierney. And I'm sure we can type that out. (laughs) Yep, we will get it typed out. Awesome. Yeah, we'll be linking to that. Anybody listening, you can find it here in the show notes on whatever platform you're looking for. We've linked to Sarah's Instagram as well as Hard House Nutrition. If you're someone listening and you're thinking, one, I need to follow Sarah, and two, I may need to look into coaching, reach out to her. I'm vouching for having known her for a few years as online buddies, and I can just tell you she's as authentic in person as you see online. Um, and for those that that have struggled with body image, struggled with confidence, struggled with creating a routine, I would just tell you to go spend time on her page her captions and content are great. And, and literally she doesn't BS anybody. Uh, and, and so I appreciate that. I mean, a lot of your posts, I laugh about the body images and a woo woo concept and how you just kind of are raw with a lot of stuff. So for those listening, definitely want to encourage you to check it out. Sarah, you're amazing. Thanks for making time on the show this week. Thank you. You're amazing. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.